Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to The Masogi Method with work happiness expert Jody B. Miller. Each week, Jody introduces you to amazing people who have broken through huge barriers to achieve meaning, success, and happiness in their lives. For every one of us, the path to lasting joy has always been there, but it may take a masogi to get you on it. Jody did it, her guests did it, and now you can too. Here's your host, Jody B. Miller. Welcome to the Masogi Method, breaking through barriers to achieve meaning, success, and happiness that lasts. I'm your host, Jody B. Miller. You know, when it comes to finding happiness in our work, we develop unique skills throughout our lives and that we hopefully apply to our passions with the ultimate goal of making work not feel like work at all. But for some of us with conditions that may be perceived as limiting, roadblocks to finding our bliss often pop up along the way, such as finding meaningful employment. But what if these conditions weren't limiting at all? Maybe it's society that needs to open up to the talent that people with perceived challenges possess and then give them a chance. So on today's episode of the Masogi Method, I have an inspirational group of visually impaired professionals who are doing an amazing Masogi of their own in order to raise awareness for overcoming adversity. They're called Team C2C, so Team SEA, because they're riding bikes from one part of America to the other side. So Team C2C, S-E-E. And they're an incredible group of, of amazing individuals. And what, and what they want to tell you is that just because their sight may be limited, they are not. So welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all for being here. Thank you very much okay. for having us, Jody. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to talk about who's on here with us and then just jump into what you all are doing and the amazing challenge that you're undertaking to raise awareness. We have Tina Ament, or is it Ament or Ament, Tina? It's Ament, but Amen. I go by anyone because everybody pronounces it differently. Okay. <laughs> so Tina graduated from Yale. And she um, received her law degree from Stanford. <clears throat> she works in a, as an assistant U.S. attorney for the U.S. Department of Justice in Washington, D.C. So welcome, Tina. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. Absolutely. And Kyle Kuhn, who lost his sight at age six after a battle with a rare form of childhood cancer, he graduated from the University of Central Florida with a degree in interpersonal and organizational communication. Kyle has completed four marathons, including Boston, which Kyle, I, that's incredible. You, you completed that, completed that. Two Ironman triathlons and a number of other endurance races. So welcome to the show, Kyle. Thank you very much, Jody. Really, really appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. And Jack Chen, who is an attorney for Google, and Jack holds 40 U.S. patents. I don't know how you came up even with the ideas for those, Jack. <laughs> I'd love to hear about that. <laughs> and you serve on a number of amazing boards, so I wanted to welcome you to the show as well. Thanks, Jody. 
And then finally, Caroline Gaynor. Caroline is the pilot of the group, and she'll explain what that means. And she's been a guide for visually impaired athletes, I think, since like 2008, and actually was the first woman to guide a visually impaired woman through an Ironman triathlon. That had to have been amazing, Caroline. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty uh, a life-changing day for sure. For sure. So, so all of you are just, who, I don't know who wants to start, but let's talk about what Team C2C is about to do in this race across America and what your whole goal is. I mean, who would like to take the stage and start? Well, it's, um, I, I, I will go first. Um, it is a bicycle race that starts in Oceanside, California and ends in Annapolis, Maryland. And we will be racing it as a team. So it's about somewhere between 3,000 and 3,100 miles, three mountain ranges. I don't remember how many states. Um, and it's basically once the gun goes off, you are racing. So we will be r trying to race nonstop. But one of our bikes will be trying to ride at all times. And we're trying to, that we absolutely have to make it in nine days. That's the cutoff for teams. And uh, we're trying to do it in under seven. Um, wow. And we are a team of four tandem bicycles. And all of the people on the backs of the bicycles, called the stokers, are visually impaired. So Jack, Kyle, and I are three of our stokers. And Carolyn is one of our pilots. That is the sighted person who sits up front and has to do the steering and navigating. That is amazing. How how far will each of you ride before you change? Well, we'll be doing we'll be doing shifts, and um, so at any given point in the race, or most of the time, there'll be two bikes that are on the road, while the other two the people on the other two bikes try to rest. And then between those two bikes, we'll take four to six hour shifts and race for 30 minutes on 30 minutes off. So the idea is we want to be riding pretty hard when we are riding. So none of the rides will be that long. There'll just be a lot of them. And then because it goes on through the day and the night, um, you'll be trying to grab sleep um, wherever you can. And um, as the days go on, it gets tougher and tougher, but the idea is to take short and fast pulls um, while your bike is up. So will you have a van that goes along with you? Yes, we will have two um, our recreational vehicles where our racers and crew will do their sleeping. And then there'll be three vans, one sort of the command vehicle, um, and then one that will be doing mostly following the bike that's on, and the other one that will be shuttling the um, other bike up to do relay exchanges. So the two bikes that are in motion, one of them will be in a following in a shuttle van, and one of them will be on the road. And then we'll just leapfrog between those until we ride up to where the RVs are. And then the other two teams will get out of the RV. The other two bike people pairs will get out of the RVs, get on their bikes, and the rest of us will get in the RV, rest for the four hours while the RV moves up ahead to meet at the next exchange point. And we'll just do that all the way across the country. Wow. And so how did this, well, first of all, Race Across America, you're obviously not the only team. And are all the other teams visually impaired or are you racing against every kind of team? No, there are all kinds of teams. Well, first of all, there are people who are crazy enough to do this solo. So there'll be solo riders oh. and their crew out there. And then there are two, four, and eight bike teams, um, which are usually composed of single bikes. In fact, I think we're the only tandem team this year, but there have been tandem teams in the past. 
but we will be the first tandem team with all visually impaired stokers. Wow. So why are you doing this? Jody, this is Jack. I'll take that um, one. Um, this whole crazy adventure got started in March of 2017. The one stoker that wasn't able to make it here uh, is Dan Berlin. And Dan is uh, the co-founder and runs the largest vanilla extract company in the world. And at the time that he started having his eyesight deteriorate significantly, he up and left his job at a, a very successful food company in New York, purchased a small uh, a food company, an extract company in Colorado, moved his family out there, and decided to take on this incredible challenge of building a business from the ground up as someone who is going to, to be a newly minted, severely uh, uh, visually impaired person. And he and I got talking. Uh, I interviewed him for a podcast that I actually run as well. And uh, through that conversation, we found out that Dan and I both shared this love of doing things that seem near impossible. And so when we got together, we say, what is the hardest thing physically that we could imagine doing? Uh, riding across the country was right up there on the list. And so we decided, hey, let's, let's just do it. But I think the bigger thing that he and I also have a passion for is this idea of no limits. The fact that people who have disabilities and people who are blind or visually impaired can and will do these epic adventures, can and will succeed in life professionally. You know, the, there is a, a long-standing statistic, which every time I talk about it really makes me a little bit, uh, a little bit unsure of how it still stands, but the 70% of college age people who are blind or visually impaired are jobless. That's, that's just that's terrible. It's something like 14 times the national average. That means seven out of every 10 people who, uh, who, have, who graduate from college who are blind and visually impaired don't find gainful employment. And many of the people who do find employment have, find, have a difficult time advancing. And so they go into... Uh, areas of work that don't suit their skills. They're, they're, they're underperforming uh, in their own life because of the, the way that the lack of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we decided that we wanted to address and we wanted to tackle. So we said, yes, we want to take on this incredible race. And, uh, but we also want to make an impact at scale to begin to tackle the 70%, change the 70% to say 7%. Mm -hmm. So the way we're doing that is we, we're going to finish this race. We're going to show that an all blind tandem team can do something that is maybe incomprehensible to the average person. But we're also going to film a movie because each of the people who, you know, you've profiled and Dan, who I've described uh, is incredibly successful. 
And we want to show that there are that people who are blind and visually impaired are limitless, both on and off the bike. That that professional success is not impossible and is is, is readily doable, but the opportunity needs to be given. And if it is given, we know that we'll succeed. Well, how do you deal with, I mean, maybe Tina can answer this, but I mean, there are federal civil rights laws that ensure equal opportunity for people with disabilities. I mean, how, how do you enforce those? Well, I mean, it, it's interesting that you asked that question because I'm old enough. I'm, I'm, I'm the, the old person on this team and I was in the workforce when the ADA was passed. In fact, I went to the bill signing um, and, and saw President Bush sign the bill and heard him speak. And, um, and I can tell you that before ADA passed, um, it was perfectly openly um, acceptable for employers, you know, to, to say we don't hire blind people or other disabled people. I mean, uh, many people said it to me when I was in law school mm-hmm. and, um, and they said it to people who, who I knew who were trying to help me find a job. So it is wonderful that we have the ADA and, um, and, and, you know, I can't tell you what it meant to me to see, President Bush care that much, you know, and talk about how this is this was a new era in civil rights legislation, just as the as the um, civil rights laws in the '60s changed a lot. Right. But just as the civil rights laws in the '60s didn't transform things overnight, um, you can't legislate out people's biases um, and and people's underlying thoughts and fears. And I think that that a lot of people look at me or look at Kyle or Jack and they say, well, wow, what would I do if I were blind? And they, then they imagine they close their eyes and they go, I couldn't walk to the bathroom. So therefore, you know, it must be so impossible to do the slightest little thing as a blind person that we just couldn't possibly have that in our workforce. And I think that those biases can't be cured by civil rights legislation alone. It's a, it's a great step and we certainly should not roll back on it and we certainly need to have those policies in place. But I think what our team is trying to say is look at, at what we as people can do and realize that some of those underlying biases just need to be busted open. And the only way you can bust them open really for sure and for ultimately is to see things on a personal level, which is why the movie is so important, which is why us getting out in the community and talking to people is so important. I mean, when I ran the Philadelphia Marathon um, with a guide, I was having a really, really, really bad day. And I was just like, why am I doing this? I was somewhere around mile 16 and everybody at mile 16 of a marathon is having a really crappy day. I know. And, I've done them too. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And a man came up to me and he was said, you know, I'm so, so glad to see you. You know, it's so great to see you out here. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, okay, a little more inspiration porn. And, you know, but I always try to smile and have a good attitude because, you know, if I can make somebody else's marathon better, that's, that's a good thing. And he said, you know, my daughter, I have a two-year-old daughter who's blind. And um, it just is so exciting to me because I realize now that I'll be able to run with her when she's older. Oh, that's wonderful. And I think that by busting through those kinds of things, you know, of course he would have figured it out eventually, but to actually have seen it in motion changed his views. And I think that's what we're all trying to do as a team. Well, that's so inspirational. I think the movie is going to be huge for you. Um, You know, I have a special place in my heart. I was talking before everyone, to a few of you, before everyone came on 
um, and we started recording about my son who's um, cognitively delayed and actually my TEDx talk, one of the stories in my TEDx talk, which is about the whole Masogi method and Jack, you, in, you totally um, encapsulated it when you said, you know, basically you're redefining possible and, and life is limitless. And that's a lot about what I talk about. And I used my son Christopher as an example because I actually, he could only speak in vowels as a child. And everyone looked at him and said, he, he, he can't do anything. He can't connect with the kids. He, he needs to talk with a computer. And I, you know, as an advocate said, no, you know, this boy will learn to talk. And I actually taught him to talk through singing, which is its own story. And he, and he has his own disability, but now he's employed and, and he's found a community that believes in him. And I think the movie for your cause is going to bring together a bigger global tribe that believes in in all of you and people that are visually impaired and that and that being highly employable is a is a natural thing i and i think you know what you were saying before about the biases and people have fears sometimes because they just don't understand it's this it's simple as that oh absolutely absolutely Absolutely. agree with you jody and one of the things i think um is an extension of of the movie there are a few a few key audiences that we want to try to affect i think one is certainly to the community of people who are blind and visually impaired we want to communicate that you know no matter what you've been dealt i mean i i had a high school not a high school i had a fifth grade teacher tell me uh, that rather than getting so stressed out and worked up over schoolwork, because I was a very ambitious uh, young child, he said, you should just relax. The government's going to take care of you. And to a child to hear that, it's extremely damaging. But thankfully, I've been blessed with the ability to go beyond that and to, to not listen, to tune out certain things. And we want to help people in the blind and visually impaired community realize that there is success that's attainable by them. We also want to affect the community of corporate America and companies to take a look and see that there is an incredible talent pool out there. There are lawyers, there are doctors, there are business people. There are people in film. There are people in all areas that are successful. We, we want to highlight them. We want to show extreme success because we believe that through showing success, there won't be an argument that people can say, look, I, I, I won't, don't want this person in my organization. In fact, we want to turn the tables and start to say, I need these people in my organization. Look, I've tapped out all the other talent pools. And here's an incredible one, like I said, 70% that I can tap into. We want these people who are blind and visually impaired to transform our organizations. And look, we also want to show that uh, because one of the key things about this race, and I'm sure Kyle can explain this because he's, he's done a lot of athletic adventures as well, is that it takes a whole lot more than, than just pedaling a bike to get through the end of this race. It takes ingenuity. It takes perseverance. It takes problem solving. And these are the things that blind and visually impaired people do every single day. And we're really good at it because we have to in order to survive. 
Well, yeah, and you, you probably, I, I imagine all your other senses are even more heightened and you're even more determined. Kyle, I mean, you didn't you climb Mount Kilimanjaro at, at what, 15 years old? <laughs> I did. Um, I, I climbed the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro when I was, um, when I was 15. Um, you know, Jack also climbed the summit of Kilimanjaro um, a little bit later than I did. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've been, you know, involved in a variety of, you know, athletics and um, adventure athletics since I was you know, eight or nine years old, shortly after I lost my sight. And, you know, just the, you know, as, as Jack said, the, the problem solving skills that you develop um, through those, you know, through those adventures um, and being blind or visually impaired, you know, they, they are very translatable to the workplace. Uh, for you know, example, when I was learning to um, hike and rock climb, um, you know, cause in order to get to the best rock climbing spots, you had to, uh, you know, navigate some very technical trails. Um, you know, we had to come up with a system of, all right, how am I going to walk on a not smooth trail, you know, jumping over rocks and rivers and streams, uh, to get to then a more technical rock face. And we came up with, um, you know, this method of, Oh, why, you know, you know, if, you know, we, we looked at dogs and we said, Hey, you know, dogs have four paws. Um, so they're more stable. Well, I'm not going to, you know, look like a crazy person and crawl on my hands and <laughs> knees for miles. So why don't we use these trekking poles? Um, you know, so we, I started using trekking poles and then we were like, Oh wait, you know, I, I do really well you know, running around the neighborhood with my friends, you know, when they're yelling and screaming and I'm chasing them. Um, so why don't we have something that makes noise, uh, out on the trail? So we got bear bells or, uh, you know, a bell that could make a noise, you know, in front of me, um, on, you know, a friend or a, a guide's backpack, um, so that I could follow and they could, um, in addition, call out, uh, steps and, you know, rocks and roots and stuff along those lines. Um, so that was how, you know, I made my way, uh, up mountains like Kilimanjaro, Mount St. Helens, um, as well as, you know, a variety of, uh, Colorado 14ers and, and stuff. And, you know, you know, we take that same problem solving mindset, uh, to the workplace, to the workforce. Um, so for example, we use, you know, technology as a, is a game changer for us. Uh, so we use a variety of different technologies. I use uh, two different types of computer systems. You know, on a on a on a PC, I use a screen reading software called Jaws for Windows, um, and then all and then I also have a, a Mac that um, has its own built-in screen reading software called Voiceover. Um, you know, and you just it's just a couple clicks of a uh, you know a couple keystrokes and you know, your computer's talking to you and you can navigate, uh, the internet or, uh, your emails or, uh, jump on a zoom call and, you know, do a podcast interview, you know, just like, you know, anyone else, you don't have to be able to, you know, to see the screen, to be able to do a lot of the things that we're able to do now. That's incredible. I mean, I just want to close my eyes as you're all talking and just envision myself in your shoes. Um, Caroline, 
you're one of the pilots. I'd love to hear your perspective on leading and steering and and just how, how that experience is for you. Well, that's a broad question. Um, <laughs> well, you can answer it in part. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's just funny because uh, a friend was asking me earlier today, you know, how I got into it. And I don't have one of those, you know, aha moments of how I got into guiding. But I will say the minute I started racing as a guide for blind and visually impaired people, um, it completely changed the way I thought about sports in general. Um, and the way it's evolved really since I began 10 years ago is that I feel like I'm just racing with my friends. And so I feel really passionate about the mission of Team C to C because I get questions all the time, you know, from people who are asking me as a sighted person, you know, oh gosh, how do they do it? And it's like, it is a complete team effort. Um, when I'm racing in a triathlon or a running race or on a bike, I mean, we are both putting in the work and I'm, I just feel like I'm, I get to experience the sports that I love with a really good friends right by my side. Um, and to me, it's just such a privilege. But again, these, the people that I race with are my equals, if not way better than I am in, in every way. And that's something that I really hope people learn through this is that this isn't like, you know, the people that race as, as guys, it's not, it's not community service. It's not some favor. We get as much out of it as, as I think the people that we're guiding. Yeah, I, I totally believe that. So when is the race? The start the for the team. Oh, sorry, Tina. You, you take the start for The start for the teams is June 16. And so you're going to try and do that in, in um, seven days. That's the hope. That's awesome. And what... What other words can you share with corporations? I'm, I'm going to have a lot of CEOs on the podcast in months to come from large global firms. I mean, what what words can you share? And anyone can take this question um, that would give have them just look at look at it differently and and open their eyes more to to just the talent that lies there in the visually impaired community. I'll tr I'll take a crack and I'd like to hear others' views too. But I see if you if you never look, you'll never see. And what I mean by that is if you never take the opportunity to challenge your assumptions, something differently, to look at people differently, to understand what the full context is of people who are coming through your organization, who are rising up in your organization who enter your organization, then you'll leave business opportunities on the table. Your organization won't grow. This is not something that's unique for people who are blind or visually impaired. But if you don't understand the people who work for you, and you don't leverage the fullness of their capabilities, then your business won't grow as fast as it could. And that goes for hiring too. And that goes for who you hire. You know, we've talked a little bit about people who are visually impaired. They've had to persevere. You've heard stories just on this podcast. And if you go anywhere in the blindness community, you'll hear many, many more stories of difficulties people have had to persevere through. Who wouldn't want that in their company? Sure. You've got, you've got a division that's, that's potentially going downhill. You want someone at the front of that organization 
who's been through rough times because they know that things will come out in the end. You need that kind of perseverance. Just one example of what you get when you uh, pull back the curtain and you look at this community of people. And we want to stand as, as maybe, albeit not perfect, but as examples of what you'll find if you look and see what's available in the community. I have to think that people who are visually impaired who are listening to this, and this will be um, promoted extensively, are going to have so much more hope and confidence. I was playing tennis recently with a friend of mine whose daughter is going on to get um, a nursing degree, and, and she was depressed. And she's visually impaired and thought, you know, no one's going to hire me. And she's so talented. And I sat with her for a half an hour and I said, no, you, you're going to do it. I'm going to call everyone I know. You're gonna, you've got to have faith. You've got to have confidence. So I want her to hear all of you on here today so that she can have that extra boost to know that she has a tribe out there. And so, again, back to your movie, I think that's probably going to be the, one of the best ways you spread the message. And I, and I wish you a lot of luck on the filming of that um, throughout, the, throughout the journey as well. But that's going to be a big vehicle for you because that's just an instant global. Um, yeah, it'll, be, it'll it, be much more instant. It is. The and, other and, if I can, and if I can just share one more thing um, you know, about this uh, this project is not just about the pilots and the stokers. Uh, there are uh, additional 25 to 35 other people who are coming along on this journey with us. There are people who have given up their, their two weeks of their time as well as their finances to fly various places and even come to the two train camps we've had who are going to drive the vehicles, who are going to navigate, who are going to make food for us, who are going to do things like dump the RVs <laughs> um, you know, people who really care about this, and obviously we care about this, but it takes also uh, a lot of financial resources too. I mean, filming a movie is, when we started, we had no idea what we were getting into. Um, and if folks want to participate, we'd love for you to, to join us in this because we're about 65% of the way there in terms of what we need to get the film. In the so camp. how much are you trying to raise and how can people participate and support you? We've got another 70,000 left to go. And uh, if you visit our uh, main homepage, which is www.teamc2c, as you said, the beginning team, S-E-A-T-O-S-E-E.com. There's a donate link, which is, uh, red, it's, it's a big button. Uh, and it brings us to our donations page where you can donate by credit card. And if you're interested in uh, donating other ways, you can contact Kyle or um, Graham, and hopefully you can put those in the show notes. Uh, and to, uh, to do that, we're also looking for corporate partners who have uh, a passion to make this message uh, more widespread to come alongside us. And um, as we said, that, you know, we, there's plenty of opportunities for organizations to be showcased as good uh, good citizens as well as uh, champions of this group and uh, lots of opportunities in the movies to, uh, to partner with them and to highlight the, the contributions that they'll be making. 
That sounds great. I'll make sure all that's in the show notes for everyone who's downloading and listening anywhere. Well, thank you all for being on the Masogi Method. This is a huge Masogi for all of you, which is going way outside the outermost limits of your comfort zone to really redefine possible and almost achieve the impossible, which, of course will be possible for you. And then you're going to want to do something after that, because once you achieve this, it's just going to be amazing. I think the message is so strong. I'm going to do all I can with my, with my audience and my publicity firm to really get the message out there for you. And I invite corporations to get involved and to go to the website, which you will see here when you, when you sign on to the podcast. And, and I wish you all luck. I can't wait to see the movie. Can anyone watch you along the way during the ride? Will that, will that be televised? So, well, I'll, I'll just jump in on the social media front. Um, we do have our Facebook page, Team C2C. And then we have an Instagram account, which is also at Team C2C, S-E-E to S-E-A. Um, or sorry, I think I reversed S-E-A it. to S-E-E. But we will be posting videos all, along the way, and then Jack and Kyle may know whether we'll have actual um, TV coverage during it. Great. We're not sure that we're going to have actual TV coverage during it, but there will be a, uh, a tracker online uh, through the Race Across America website. And uh, once we find out all of that information, um, you know, if you guys, you know, if everyone follows our, our Facebook and Instagram, we'll make sure to, to post all that information up uh, so that everyone can uh, follow us along. Awesome. Well, best of luck to all of you. I will be following along and spreading the word. And thank you all again for being on the Masogi Method. And I just, I'm, I'm cheering for you. Just want you to know. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. So thank you all for being here. And we'll see you again next time. I'm Jody B. Miller, your host of The Masogi Method. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the sound of the two new Reese's Lovers Blizzard treats being made at DQ. But it's not what they really sound like. Listen closer. That's the sound of the extra chocolate in the Reese's Chocolate Lovers Blizzard treat. Or maybe more peanut butter is your thing in the Reese's Peanut Butter Lover's Blizzard Treat. And whether you pick chocolate or peanut butter, your favorite Blizzard Treats just got happier. DQ. Happy tastes good at participating locations.